What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word daily, covering the World Test Championship final between New Zealand and India. I'm Jeff Lemon. He's Adam Collins. And uh, the way we start this show, traditionally, is that someone has to tell you all about the day's play in the space of 30 seconds. Go for it. Yeah, I'll give it my best shot. Uh, New Zealand came here this morning needing eight quick wickets, and in the end, that's what they got. Uh, a brilliant first session. Uh, Kyle Jamieson goes bang, bang, picking up the two incumbents, Coley and Pajara. Rahane caught down the leg side. They were the three wickets before lunch. Rishabh Punt, meanwhile, was dropped. He was counter-attacking. Likewise, Jadeja, but when those when those two wickets fell in the middle session, the, the lower order fell away. They were all out for 170, leaving New Zealand 139. After a bit of a wobble, losing both openers to Ashwin, they got, they, they got there in the end pretty comfortably uh, winning by eight wickets so the inaugural world test champions inaugural world test champions uh, i've noticed i keep getting these comments from people on the feed saying that i look like a wwe wrestler called sheamus um so <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something that means anything to you but if it is um you, you can fill me in after the show more importantly on new zealand and india it, it was the the most direct method to a result wasn't it for new zealand to be able to bowl out india but it was a big ask uh, the the influence of Kyle Jamieson on this team, you know, this is the the bowling attack minus him is the one that got smashed around the park in Australia when they last visited. Jamieson being added to this attack just adds another element. He had key incisions in the first innings and he did the same thing again here. The, the significance of that contribution to come out and knock over Coley and Pajara, both not out overnight, in consecutive overs on the, the sixth morning of the match is a pretty extraordinary intervention. Yeah, a profound intervention, as you're saying there, Jeff. Seven wickets for the match, five for Sodor in the first innings, and those two crucial wickets to get New Zealand going this morning. Remembering Southie's down the other end doing the work, and you know Southie mm. is the spearhead of this attack, has been in the last couple of years. But the way he's able to bowl with Jamieson down the other end, so tall. We talked about it when he completed this five-wicket bag a couple of days ago, but that got them going. But mm. really, at that stage, you're still thinking... I mean, Crickviz at one point this morning had a 74 four percent for the draw or or something like that that might have been before Coley got out but yeah had Coley been there at lunch I think Jeff when we started watching this morning and we're whatsapping mm. each other our main thing was well if Coley's there at lunch India will be in a strong position to set a target certainly the pre-game chat was that from the bowling coach Baron Aaron and from even Dinesh Kartik on television who presumably would have a pretty firm line into the Indian mm. camp given he's still a national player or has been recently was all about positivity uh, setting a target and we Winning the test match, but that got turned on its head via Kyle Jamison. And it could have really been all over had Richard Punt been caught in single digits at second slip uh, from the bowling of Wagner, wasn't it? It was early in Wagner's spell. 
no, it was off mm-hmm. Jamison, sorry. Jamison was still bowling, but Southie at second slip. And that's when the energy of the morning changed, I reckon. It punt only knows one way when being dropped, and that's the counter-attack. He went after Southie. He danced at Wagner from the get-go. That set off a, a wonderful contest either side of lunch where Wagner bowled, I think, a 12-over spell. Eventually didn't get punt, got Judasia, but mm-hmm. it, it was like punch for punch, both sides doing everything they could to hang in there and give themselves a chance for victory. They went to lunch with, with Punt and Jadeja in that counter-attacking mode. But yeah, New Zealand's consistency, their patience, they didn't snatch at it like we talked about last night on the show, yep. Jeff. They they backed the fact that if they did the right thing for long enough, even with Punt dancing at them and trying to put them on the moon, they'd eventually mm. come out on top. And that big top edge, it went over the cordon. Henry Nichols running back with the flight and pouching it from the bowling of Trent Bolt. Uh, that really was curtains for India as far as their second innings was concerned. And it was all about whether they could hold on in their chase and they did so expertly. Yeah, it was interesting the the nature of the wickets that fell. The Rahane one, a, a bit of a lucky one for New Zealand, just one of those funny little uh, nudges down the leg side off Bolt and he's caught behind. And then that brought that pairing together. If we were looking at an early Hall of Fame nomination, just Jadeja and Rishabh Pant batting together was a lot of fun while it lasted. Yes. The fact they got to the break was kind of amazing and then went on after the break. And yeah, Rishabh Pant charging probably four different times, I think, and just having a massive fresh air swipe <laughs> at fast bowlers, then playing the reverse pull shot at one point. I mean, yes. commentary was trying to describe that as a reverse sweep. If you're standing up and the ball's at shoulder height, it's not a sweep. You know, you cannot call that a sweep. It was a reverse pull. Um, well, yes, as, ben, as Ben Jones pointed out uh, on Twitter, our friend from Crickviz, he actually rolled his wrists on it. So mm. after playing the reverse, getting into the switch hits, pose, I suppose you call it, Jeff. He then had the presence of mind to hit down on the ball. Yep. And I think that says everything about Richard Punt. He's willing to play, like, blend convention. I mean, he charged the second ball he faced after lunch. Was it uh, Was it Tim Southey back into the attack? Maybe Trent so, Bolt. Yeah, Either I way, it was, so. a, it was a change. And second ball is galloping down the wicket and trying to pop him on the moon. I mean, again, it, it, was, it, was, uh, it was thrilling to watch because in much the same way that New Zealand's bowlers made a, a calculation yesterday that mm-hmm. quick runs were the only way they could survive, Punt was kind of doing the same thing, but, pr- but behind the game, whereas New Zealand were ahead yep. of the game at that stage. So, yeah, it was compelling stuff. Well, it was basically that rationale that every run that he scored was worth double effectively because yeah. it put India yeah. further ahead. And I'm sure people will criticise him for the shot that he played charging Trent Bolton and slicing it high in the air and, and getting out. But without his 41 runs, I mean... New Zealand would have strolled there, there wouldn't have been any sort of moment where there was a possibility of them falling short, which there was, given that he put up something for them to work at. But the way that Neil Wagner went about it, I really liked that Jadeja just tried to ride out his spell, got up uh, on his toes, dropped the bounces, didn't really engage while Richard was taking them on. But then Wagner to have the presence of mind just to bowl, it wasn't a full delivery, but it was just that bit fuller then the short balls he'd been bowling angled across Jadeja and that was enough to get the nick because he'd he'd muddled yeah. with the footwork. So an, an extraordinary bit of bowling. And then Trent Bolt to come back on and pick up Rishab and then Ashwin in the same over. Another one of those really telling interventions. So every part of the New Zealand fast bowling attack, the, the main quartet at least, had a moment where they influenced the outcome of the match and that set them up to have... A decent go um, at, at at a relatively modest total, I suppose. And people yeah. talked about whether there should have been two spinners in this game, but Ashwin was key with the, those first couple of wickets. 
Well, New Zealand only bowled four bowlers in the second inning. So their spinner, Colin de Granholm, I call him a spinner. He was their, yep. their holding bowler, if required. Never needed. They bowled 73 overs in the second innings and bowled about 90-odd in the first. And de Granholm was barely needed. In, well, he bowled a very important spell on the first day. Well, the second day, but the first day of play. Mm. But all told, de Granholm wasn't a factor. Just to back over that uh, Wagner-Judasia interaction. So Crickviz, again, they spelled all this out. But he bowled every ball short bouncer or short of a length into the ribs and gee he was accurate I mean Jadeja was getting hit on the body at least once and over getting his torso out of the way maybe one other all the discipline from Jadeja to keep raising the bat in the air that's brave gritty batting we think of Jadeja as a as an entertainer as a stylist um, you know as a guy who you you pay money to watch but this was a different kind of cricket a really sturdy kind of cricket and gee even after I mean you know even after Punt pulled it back a little bit, uh, there was Judasia copying this barrage from Wagner. And you said clever bowling because earlier in the over, he had hit him. And earlier in the over, um, Judasia had tried to play the hook shot. So it was the right time. And he got hit, I think, as well. So it was the right time to go a fraction fuller. And I think it was just a case, Jeff, of Judasia wanting to get bat on ball because it had been so long since he needed to use his bat against Wagner. I mean, that's what Wagner has done for years. I think about that test match we were at at Christchurch back in would have been early 2016 not long into his journey really in international cricket and that's what he did to Steve Smith who went on to make 100 and described it as one of the hardest days of his career because Wagner never let up Hmm. And and he never let up today. And Jeff, and when that spell ended, I was really pleased that Trent Bolt had time to have a say as well. We already mentioned the wicket uh, of punt, but the the one two blow of punt, then Ashwin picking up three for the innings. He hasn't been at his best through this series, or indeed hmm. through this test, to be perfectly honest. But he's been a fine attack leader over a long period of time, and I'm pleased that in this high profile test match, that even though he was overlooked for the the first crack this morning, Jamison was given it alongside Southie that that Bolt had his say at the end. I suppose there will be discussion about whether India should have picked a fourth seamer as well, given that it worked for New Zealand. I'm not sure it would have made that much of a difference because they got good service out of their three quicks. They also got good service out of their spinners. Uh, you know, had this match particularly had a, a bit more play in it, then spin would have played more of a role. We saw Jadeja turning it big on this sixth day. And Ravachandran Ashwin was beautiful with the ball after, you know, Muhammad Shami bowled really nicely off the top once again. They didn't pick up an early wicket, but Ashwin came onto the two left-handers, picked them both up. Tom Latham just bowling a couple of sort of quicker, slightly flatter ones and then giving one a little bit more air and just slowing it down a touch. And that made Latham think that he could come down the pitch, beat him in the flight, and he was stumped. Um, An unusual sort of dismissal for a a pretty defensive opener for the most part, but he's very good against spin, Latham. And then Conway getting the, the straighter ball that slid back in and hit him in front of off stump just as Ashwin has done. So many times on Indian pitches to right and left-handers alike. So his his intervention gave them a chance at least that panic could have gone through the New Zealanders at that point. And the main reason it didn't was because it was Williamson and Taylor who came together, their most prolific partnership in the history of Test cricket. Yeah, the perfect way for it to sequence for New Zealand in a way. If you're going to lose two early wickets in that scenario, you want to lose Conway and Latham in order to facilitate having Williamson and Taylor together. They asked Taylor in in the post-match interviews, what were they talking about? And Williamson's message was a clear one. It'll get easier. Trust me, I've been out here for like 
19 mm. hours in the last two days. It's going to get easier. <laughs> and and so it did. And so it did. I mean, the, the way they progressed from about, at one stage, oh, what, 44 for two, losing wickets at 33 and 44 to Ashwin. I mean, that second one, the Colmab, was an absolute beauty. The arm ball, we've seen Ashwin do it for so many years around the wicket after, as you say, outthinking Tom Latham. It, it only takes one more wicket there. I mean, you'd already had mm. Williamson given out on the field when the score was 34, I think it was, when Williamson was given out. No, 39. It was exactly 100 runs. Yep from the victory target when he was given out sweeping uh, as was pointed out on, on social media that's one of those sort of old school leg befores that is given out because it's a bad shot not because it's actually going mm-hmm. on to hit the stump so a good use of technology there by the New Zealand skipper but nevertheless Ashwin's absolutely in the game and Jeff we've both seen test matches many test matches where when he gets in the game the whole energy changes and that's where Williamson and Taylor had the experience just to slow things down they weren't in a hurry between overs. They were able to um, defend at the other end competently, so they weren't able to build up momentum from both ends. And, and sure enough, uh, they eventually were able to get to a stage where they could play them comfortably. But uh, it was through uh, deliberative uh, batting by both of them, all of their experience coming to the fore. And, and what a joy it was seeing the two of them out there at the end with Ross Taylor um, flicking the winning runs. I think he was 46 not out at the end or something like that. Kane Williamson, only the second player in the match to reach 50 after Devin Conway Mm. Uh, did so in New Zealand's first innings. I mean, the, I think those two half centuries were both worth centuries in the in the broader analysis of a low scoring game where rain played a big role and, and where a lot of time was taken out of the match. So, uh, yeah, a brilliant last couple of hours, the best of Test cricket. There was still that moment, though, when uh, Jasper Boomer comes on for one more go, you know, a, yes. a, a late spell. He's bowling beautifully. He's doing what he does he's hitting the seam he's decking it around just a little bit and he gets Taylor's edge through to Pajara at slip who puts down a pretty straightforward chance they were still 50 runs adrift at that point and you know probably they would have been fine the New Zealanders probably Williamson gets there with Nichols or he gets there with Watling or he gets there with de Grandhomme but it there was still that possibility that if that catch is held by Taylor you know sometimes the next batsman who comes in Nick's off three balls later, um, a couple of quick wickets go and the shivers go through a team. It just felt like there was that slight chance that New Zealand had, uh, uh, that India had rather, and, and that Pajara snatched at it and snuffed it out. Yeah, well, a classic cliche, but add two wickets to the score, right? I mean, mm. if Taylor goes and you've got Nichols walking out, having to get set against Boomer, building up ahead of steam, to such an extent, by the way, that a full delivery or, or, or a good length delivery, according to the pitch map, hit Taylor in the head about an over later. So, I mean, mm. you know, it was, there was still plenty in the pitch. They had to ride plenty of balls that were, that were rearing up off a length. So, you send Nichols in in that situation and look, maybe then it's uh, BJ Watling coming in after that who didn't make runs in the first innings. He got a broken finger. He hurt his, or he fractured rather, his right ring finger when wicket-keeping earlier today. So, if it's Nichols then Watling, suddenly you're into the bowlers or the all-rounders and the bowlers. And yeah, I'm, I completely agree. If Pajara takes that opportunity, uh, we might be having a very different conversation. Now, just looking at the WTC as a whole, there's a lot of discussion around about it. I I find it interesting that, for me, there's no doubt that India should have been there given that they played three series away from home during that uh, qualification period. They beat the West Indies and Australia away from home. Um, I wouldn't necessarily have thought that Australia would have deserved to be there if they hadn't got done for that overrate fine because they only played one away series. They won two test matches away during the 19 Ashes. Um, Mm. But then New Zealand as well, they played away from home twice, got 
smashed in Australia and they won one test match away from home, which was in Sri Lanka in a drawn series. Uh, so it, it sort of felt like on, on both counts, there wasn't a really strong case made by either of those possibilities for second spot uh, into the final that they should have been there just by the nature of, of how much test cricket was played during the qualification period, which was COVID-affected, of course. But it, it felt like that, that balance wasn't quite right in terms of what you actually had to do to qualify, which, you know, New Zealand played a dozen test matches to India's 18, for instance. Yeah, and New Zealand beat India at home to get on that run. So they, they sweep India, they sweep Pakistan, they sweep the West Indies all at home. They get pumped by Australia and, and as you say, they, they find a way through because of Australia's slow overrate, which I think is absolutely brilliant, but that's a different conversation. Um, as probably is the structure of the WTC, but we know this wasn't perfect. Uh, it was always a compromised system. Uh, I like the fact that the ICC said back in 2019, let's play two cycles, let's play four years and reassess as to how it's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, we're halfway through that trial period and it's easy to identify flaws in the system. So uh, we'll have a longer conversation around that on the weekly show with Phil Walker tomorrow and see whether we can find some common ground there because I know they've been doing a lot of work with that at Wisden Cricket Monthly. But yeah, it is quirky that New Zealand got there. But I think more the reason why it was such a wonderful thing having a a six-day final at a neutral venue, what it turned out to be a neutral venue. Had England been there, of course, they would have had home ground advantage. But I love the fact that, um, you know, they found a way to not only beat India, the best sort of all-round team across the two years, I think it's fair to conclude, uh, no, definitely fair to conclude, the way they beat Australia um, Mm -hmm. in Australia and and the way they thumped England meant they absolutely deserved uh, top billing as far as the the, the ladder is concerned, I suppose you would call it. Um, But, yeah, New Zealand turning them over, doing it this morning when they had to take eight wickets in a hurry, holding their nerve in, in in a narrow chase, none of those things are easy. Um, they made the right calls at the selection table. They did the right thing by coming to England first and playing two test matches, whereas, whereas India elected to, to go the internal uh, sort mm-hmm. of intra squad route. Um, and I think that they're rewarded today for all of that as a combination, not just one thing. All right, player of the day and Hall of Fame in a second. I should note that if you want to get a really nice cricket bat, uh, you can get them from Woodstock. They're superb bats. You can get 20% off. There's a little code in the description of this video, uh, which you can go and find and get yourself a sweet discount. So player of the day for me, Kyle Jamieson, again, given the importance of his uh, intervention early, but it could be any number of players. What about you? Yeah, you know what? Well, I think I'm giving it to I think I'm giving it to Neil Wagner, and I don't know why I feel this way, but just watching it really closely as I was <laughs> just on vibes. At the time, yeah, on vibes. I mean, he probably took what he tell? Have a look at it. One for forty something. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's an unremarkable analysis, but it was the way that he didn't give in to the punt. Uh, method. It's not as mm-hmm. though Punt started charging at him. A couple of nicks over the slips, a couple of big woolly whooshes and, and Wagner thought, well, I'll change it up here. He had a plan and he changed his plan at the lunch break to go short. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, had he lost his bundle there, had he lost his call, had any of them lost their call for that matter, but I felt especially with Wagner, that they might have got themselves 190 ahead or something like that. There might have been a partnership between Judasia and Punt that took uh, India to a place of safety, which meant it would have felt a lot different New Zealand trying to hold on for a couple of hours rather than Mm. going after the victory target. So I think Wagner's a contender. And also Kane Williamson just just re-looping on the point that he's only one of two players to make a half century in this test match alongside Devin Conway. What a mighty effort. After making 49 in the first innings. 
after making 49 in the first, so 100 runs across the two, you could almost say that's worth twin tons uh, mm. in a normal test match. And Ross Taylor, 46 not out. Uh, but, I mean, what a wonderful, storied, remarkable career in so many ways. 19 test tons, um, you know, with some speculation on the coverage that he might retire. Maybe he will, maybe he won't, but he's, he, he's a worthy world champion. And today was, was a fine full stop if that is the end for him. And uh, a Hall of Fame moment. Well, it could be what a, a beautiful moment for New Zealand. Out of seven of the players in the eleven today were in the World Cup twenty nineteen yes. squad. The, the the fact that you know nothing will ever make that go away for New Zealanders, but this is something. This is this is the first really significant piece of silverware they've won. I know they won the Champions Trophy a hundred years ago, but honestly, no one really cares that much about the Champions Trophy. Um, <laughs> this. This matters. It's the first one. You'll always be the inaugural winner of the World Test Championship. It's Test Cricket. It's the first time this has happened in the 140-plus year t- history of Test Cricket that you've had a, a title to decide who is the best in the world. And they've been able to come out on top in a game that shouldn't have had a result, honestly. And it was really down to the purely the quality of New Zealand's fast bowling um, and, and the quality of their batting to combat some excellent fast bowling from India as well. I mean, both sides were supreme in terms of what they were able to send down with the ball. So that for New Zealand is, is a, such a special win. Yeah, and, and India played really well. I mean, I don't want to gloss over how well... 170, it may not look like a lot, but gee, they're up against it. Likewise, in the first innings, yeah, they underperformed across the board, but they bowled so well to New Zealand yesterday, especially. And look, New Zealand's achievement, there'll be other examples in sport. There'll be a a basketball or a football. I mean, I suppose you could look at Uruguay winning the World Cup a couple of times in football, maybe as a, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a long time ago. It's it's, it's 80, 90 years ago, something like that, when they first won the World Cup. I'm not, I, I don't know what the example is right now, but what I do know is, is that it is, an amazing achievement for a smaller test nation who, uh, as Jimmy Neesham said on Twitter, they never would have believed this is remotely possible when he joined the test team uh, back in 2014. And and Mm. seven years later, they're the first team to hold this trophy aloft or hold the mace aloft as Kane Williamson did uh, this evening. It's it's an incredibly special thing. Uh, And yeah, they they can't get 2019 back. And by the way, on that, a bit indulgent, but from a commentary perspective, I thought Simon Dool absolutely nailed the last bit. Uh, He's a wonderful broadcaster, Dooley. uh, And and, uh, you know, we always remember what Ian Smith said that day uh, in celebrating England's achievement in 2019. Well, I think Simon d- did a great job in catru- capturing uh, that moment uh, today because that'll be a special one for New Zealand sport. That'll mm. be replayed thousands of times. Uh, that'll be looked up on YouTube millions of times and 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 uh, as it should be uh, because, yeah, it's an amazing achievement. <laughs> I, w- I will give... Uh, t- I've just been reminded of what should also get a special Hall of Fame uh, mention. Camera shot of, you know, maybe 100 New Zealand fans uh, in a bay. <laughs> Mike, Michael Atherton says, "Oh, you know, there's a there's a small uh, bay of, of New Zealand supporters." Simon Dool says, oh, "That's a large town in New Zealand." Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good. Dinesh, Dinesh Kartik chimes in and says, "That's a small family in India." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a it was a nice nice mix there towards the end, wasn't it, with the three of them? Uh, mm-hmm. I've got Hall of Fames as well. Uh, my first Hall of Fame uh, goes to an unlikely candidate, but David Warner, bless him, he was watching um, television. Uh, back during the compelling first session today. All cricket eyes are on mm-hmm. Southampton and, and Dave Warner was um, tweeting about his frustration with the Big Brother verdict and how he wouldn't be turning, <laughs> up, wouldn't be turning on again. Um, so, I mean, I just what? love Dave.
Dave, and I, I love the fact that he wasn't even watching because he thought it was still raining in yeah. England. So, uh, <laughs> good on him. <laughs> That's very much like in 2007 when India were voted out of the Big Brother house too early and a lot of viewers switched off from, from the World Cup that year. Um, you know, <laughs> exactly they, right. They weren't interested. Uh, uh, hey, and one other Hall of Fame, uh, another indulgent one, but I had to nip out this afternoon uh, when uh, when India was starting their chase to quickly get my second vaccination shot. I, I walked to the doctor's surgery, had my vaccination, and was back in time for tea break about 25 minutes later. Um, remarkable efficiency. Uh, and yeah, to think that I've been double vaccinated is a pretty, is a pretty nice, comforting thing, uh, especially in this part of the world. So well played, the NHS. All right. Uh, that has been the final word daily day six can you believe we get to say that uh what is coming up next for us look we might be doing some Whew. dailies around uh, some of the the white ball games there are about 19 different teams all playing series um through the month of july we'll be seeing what's possible there so keep an eye on the channel we'll be doing the longer weekly show usually on wednesdays but it will be out on friday this week we'll be doing story time on the weekends we'll be doing all kinds of things uh Keep your eye on it, hit subscribe and whatnot, uh, and we will be with you very soon, I'm sure. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, the final word. We'll see you next time. Bye. Woodstock Cricket, home of the finest handmade cricket bats and soft goods. Visit either our showroom or workshop and experience the magic for yourselves. For bookings, contact info at woodstockcricket.co.uk.